uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this God quite soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But anyway, yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. This is Plausibly Live, the official podcast of The Dave Bowman Show. Well, good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever you do. A lot of things happening in the world today, most of them far beyond our control, you might say. Perhaps it's time we took a pause and thought about life, gaslighting, classified documents, communists. Don't touch that dial. Just try to hear me out for a little while. Well, let me start with a quick update on some things that have been going on uh, with me as we've talked about over the past week um, with my medical issues and stuff. Uh, I did uh, prep a Constitution Thursday for yesterday, but I didn't finish it, and I ran out of time. I got a call late Wednesday, so long after everything had already been put to bed, I get a call that surprised me. It was from the VA. Now, I was supposed to have a VA appointment back in December, and I had planned, Cammie and I had sat down and we made a bunch of notes of things we were going to go over with my doctor there and yada, yada, yada. And I don't use the VA as my primary care. I could, but I don't. There's some reasons. Um, But at the end of the day, Part of what we wanted to talk about last December was going back to the VA as my primary care. And when it didn't happen, the, 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 the appointment got canceled because of the great ice storm that we had and rescheduled for March, which was long after everything else would already be in place. So at any rate, this call comes in from the VA and I wasn't expecting it. So when I answered it, I thought, well, maybe they moved my appointment again or something along those lines, but it was my my doctor's nurse, which is very unusual. Normally, you get a call from the, from the front desk or something, and she was very concerned. Concerned about what? Well, we've, we've gotten word here that you haven't had your insulin in two months and blah, 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 and she, they knew the whole thing. And I'm like, wait, I didn't tell you this. Pretty sure my doctor didn't tell you this because he just called it in to to, uh, CVS. I never got to the bottom of how they know about it, but at any rate, they were very concerned and they wanted to see me yesterday, and so I had to go in and do labs and everything. And of course, the upshot of it all is is that things are not in good shape, uh, as you know. I did learn, and I'll talk to to Rod about this on Sunday, I did learn why I have to take the Crestor, even though I don't have a a cholesterol problem, so that's another story. Anyway, the point is that they're getting, uh, I I was very amazed that the VA not only knew about it, but they jumped right on it. So anyway, that took up my whole day yesterday, and I wasn't able to get anything done. I apologize. I do have a Constitution Thursday. We'll probably just push it off to next week since none of it is time sensitive anymore. Did want to talk about gaslighting, though, and maybe um, 
in lieu of everything that's going on the news, you 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 think you know what I'm going to talk about? Gas stoves, of course, which two days ago was floated as a trial balloon? Question mark. Have you ever noticed that these trial balloons? They always seem to come from anonymously sourced reports, government reports, or they come from very very low level government officials who nobody has a clue who they are. If you had to put your finger on it, could you even identify where this whole idea of banning gas stoves came from? Within a few hours, you'd say, well, it it came from AOC and, and others like her who cited the report because, you know, gas stoves are dangerous. Of course, the blowback was significant. The blowback was uh, of the nature that you rarely see um, sometimes in things like this. Uh, But at the same time, it was intriguing to watch because all of a sudden, uh, gas stoves became almost like the Second Amendment in some ways. They became very, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is where with the hill we are going to die on is the gas stoves. And I'm, I'm with you on that because I love my gas stove. I really do. Um, my gas stove is, it's, the, it's actually the first one I've ever had as an adult. And I love it. I, man, I don't know how, uh, how I survived on electric stoves before. I love my gas stove, so I don't, I don't want to change it. So anyway, the blowback was crazy. And now here we are two days later and government officials are starting to back up. Oh, wait, we didn't mean we were going to ban them. We, it was just, you know, it was just a conversation. It needs further research, which is a great example of gaslighting. We never said that. We never, we never did that. Now, the gaslighting I actually want to talk about is actual mental gaslighting. And, and it's not that It's not that I don't care about the gas stove issue, because I do, but so does every other talk show in the world. So I'm going to move on to something else of gaslighting that interests me. Maybe you'll understand it, maybe you won't. Odell Beckham Jr. is a, I'm going to call him a former NFL player. Technically, he's an unsigned NFL player. Technically, he is a free agent. He was injured during last year's Super Bowl and released by the Rams, and he is available to play for any team that wants to pick him up. And he was flying around the country back in November. He was flying all over the country, interviewing teams, looking at them to see, okay, well, who should I sign with? Who should I not sign with? What should I do? What should and, and really teasing people. And it was all over the NFL news. Oh, Odell Beckham's in Dallas today or Tabarazzi's he's in Denver or wherever he was going. And then all of a sudden, his potential worth just evaporated when he was basically, I'm not clear if he was put into custody or not, but he was removed from an airplane in Miami by the police. And... His lawyer later made a statement to the effect that, um, well, earlier today, and this was in November, 
earlier today, Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr. boarded a flight in Miami without any problems. Flight was delayed. Uh, he fell asleep with a blanket over his head, which is normal practice for long flights. So I have no idea where he was going. But he was awakened and told that the plane was back at the gate and then he needed to get off the plane because he didn't put on his seatbelt when he was asked to do so. He responded that he was asleep. He would put his seatbelt on at that time. He was informed that it was too late and he either get off the plane or everyone would have to deplane, which is ultimately what happened. Then his lawyer said this, the overzealous flight attendant insisted on removing everyone from the plane instead of allowing, simply allowing Mr. Beckham to fasten his seatbelt and proceed with the flight. At no time was he disruptive or combative. He was willing to comply with the seatbelt requirement. All this other stuff was unnecessary. That's the statement that we had. And, you know, it's one of those things. Odell Beckham is one of those guys that when when he's in the news, you just sort of assume the worst. I mean, he's, he's a loose cannon. He's got some loose connections. What he is, though, is he's worse than a celebrity who is worshipped. Odell Beckham has built his entire career literally on one catch that he made in a game against the Dallas Cowboys when he was playing for my beloved New York Giants. He was never my favorite. I, I, I still don't think he's a Vic, as good as Victor Cruz was, but he made this super one-handed catch. And ever since then, everybody thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He is, or was, a celebrity who was worshipped by millions. But he's worse than that. He is, in my view, this is my opinion, it's my show, he is a celebrity who demands to be worshipped and to be kowtowed to and worse he has a lawyer spokesperson because as it turns out over the weekend over this week uh, we we got the body cam footage of what actually happened and you will not be surprised to learn that for two months we've been gaslit by by odell beckham jr and his lawyer who kept telling us oh nothing was wrong i he didn't do anything he was just asleep we don't know what you're talking about. Where instead, <laughs> the the truth is that the the body camera the body camera footage shows a much different story. It shows a very recalcitrant, childish, boorish Odell Beckham Jr. refusing to fasten his seatbelt on the airplane when it was time to fasten his seatbelt. And being told by the staff, look, you, you need to do this. And instead, crossing his arms, taking his phone and putting it under his ass and refusing to do his seatbelt. At which point, things got, you know, not heated per se, but look, you, if you're not going to follow our instructions, we have, to, we have to empty this entire plane to deal with you. <sighs> One of the passengers, this is on the body cam video, says, you're everything that's wrong with this world. You're, you're the problem. The, the, one, of the, one of the passengers said, just get off the plane. Beckham's response to this passenger, this person he doesn't know, who doesn't or may does know who Beckham Jr. is, said, I ain't ever going to get looking at me to get off a plane for you. I would never ever in my life get off a plane for you 
specifically you, maybe everybody else, maybe I would get off the plane for, you're going to wait 40 minutes and I'm going to be on a private plane home. Yeah, with your fat ass, get your ass off the plane for a second. Enjoy the cheese board on the way home with your ugly ass. That's Odell Beckham on video responding to other flyers and in the presence of the police. And yet we've been gaslit for two months with him saying, oh, no, I didn't do anything wrong. Everything's great. And now we're going to hear tomorrow. I'm sure we're going to hear stories about how that's not what happened. Even though it's on the video. This is, you know, what gaslighting is. Telling people something that they know is not true and expecting them to believe it. And we've reached the point where we have celebrities in this country, a a second-tier football player who has decided that not only should he be worshipped, but he demands worship. He demands that an entire plane of people get off the airplane for him so that he can go get on a private plane and fly home. Is it any wonder? I, you know, we watch this stuff happen, and this isn't, you know, obviously the only incident of this kind of thing. Certainly not even an Odell Beckham Jr.'s career. We watch these kinds of things happen, and we wonder why our politicians do exactly the same thing. They do exactly the same thing. They don't ask to be worshipped by us. They demand our worship. And when we react negatively to that demand, then they turn it around and put it on us. We never said we were going to ban gas stoves. We only suggested that there might be reason for concern that requires more study and more of your tax money to investigate. Oh, we never said we were going to ban them. Even though AOC actually tweeted, we need to ban them. Well, this whole society that functions like this is just, it's getting weird. It's getting strange to me. And at some point, and I don't know what that point is, I don't, I don't know when it is, but at some point, it's going to break, folks, And because it can't keep functioning this way. It just can't. It can't continue to operate in this idea that if you don't worship me and believe me what I said or believe what I've revised my statement to be, you're the problem. We don't like to tolerate it when it comes to relationships. Why do we tolerate it when it comes to our celebrities or our politicians? We shouldn't. Hopefully, we'll learn that lesson. I'm Bill Mick with WMMB Radio in Melbourne, Florida, where we have a governor that will actually stand for what's right. My show airs mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern. Every day we discuss news, politics, and social issues that impact us all. Tuesdays in our 8 o'clock hour, Dave joins me for something we call Dave Does History, where Dave brings us events from our past that can take lessons for right now. To listen live, find WMMB on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, this is Justine, bringing you late night talk for those that go to bed early. Listen to my podcast, What's Justine Thinking, every Wednesday and Friday on Anchor and Spotify. The other big gaslighting news this week, 
of course, is the Biden classified documents. I'm a little... mm, I, I, I freely admit I'm of two minds on this because with my background, obviously classified information is a huge deal. There are things that in my mind are secret, top secret, PSYOP ESI. In fact, it wasn't until 1995, six, somewhere in there, that the word PSYOP was declassified. I couldn't even say that word. And I only know it was declassified because I was specifically told that it was declassified by a person with the authority to do so. I lived in a world where top secret material was treated like top secret material. There are various levels of classification. You understand this. Confidential, secret, top secret, top secret ESI, top secret PSYOP ESI, and even beyond that, that I had no involvement with or no access to and no reason to, no need to know is the phrase. But I know it existed. But you reach a point in your life where you, you come to an understanding that if I don't have a need to know, there, there's a part of you that says, oh, but I want to know. I want to know. And, and by way of example, after the John Walker spy issue, um, operational areas became highly sensitive. In other words, where the submarine actually was on patrol became very highly classified. And to the point where most people on the ship were not authorized, they, they did not have the need to know where we were. Now, conversely, I was one of the people who did need to know where we were. To make it a very simple explanation, you can't really launch a missile to a target if you don't know where you are. If you're, you know, static on land, that's one thing. But when you're on a ship that moves at sea, you kind of need to know where you are. So I actually did need to know where we were. And so they, they actually, they had two copiers on the ship, one in Machinery 2 back aft and one in the nav center, which was directly above the missile control center. Well, I'm not going to walk all the way back aft to, to make copies when I could just go, you know, up the steps and, and be right there. But they put this access list on, MC, on nav center, and for some reason, my name wasn't on it. I don't know why. It was obviously an, op, uh, an oversight, but they wouldn't let me in to make copies for you know, that day's reports that had to be signed. And my response to that was, well, why am I not on the list? I clearly have a need to know. Nope, you're not on the list. Can't come in. Look, if you don't let me in here to make copies, I'm going to go downstairs to my computer and I'm going to push the button. It's going to print out copies of where we are, and I'm going to leave them everywhere on the ship, and everybody's going to know where we are. Well, common sense prevailed, I guess, and I was allowed in to make my copies of the ballpark reports, and off we went. But you reach a point in your life where, when it is something you don't need to know, you just kind of file it in that, I don't really care. If it, It's probably better that I don't know, because it's just more crap I'd have to deal with. More paperwork to have to do. And I don't want to do that. So the less the the less need to know I have, the better off I am. So I deal with these classified documents all the time. I deal with classified computer stuff all the time. 
so I've grown up in this era of, in my view, there are things that I do not talk about. I understand that what I can actually say about the operational capabilities of a submarine have changed from when I was in to now. But in my head, I still say in excess of 400 feet up to 20 knots. And I'm not going to say anything more than that. But people today, under different circumstances, can. Prior to my discharge, I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. There were things that I wouldn't talk about. There are places in the world that I cannot go. But at the same time, there is this element of, I don't know, people who think they have to know everything. And yet, they don't really understand that they don't really need to know. When Harry Truman was the vice president of the United States in 1945, early 1945, the United States had developed the atomic bomb. And Harry Truman knew nothing about it until the day he was sworn in as president in April of 1945. He didn't have a clue. Nobody told him. He didn't need to know. Now you're president. You need to know. And of course, we went forward from there. The fact is that vice presidents, most of them have described the job it's a disgusting metaphor, but one of them described it as not being worth a warm bucket of spit. It, it, it's a useless job. I mean, it really is. With the exception of if a president happens to die, you got somebody who can step in. But most vice presidents, uh, Hubert Humphrey, they used to mock Hubert Humphrey as vice president because his job under the Johnson administration was to go to funerals. He got sent all over the world to go to funerals. Now, look, Hubert Humphrey didn't like that, and people made fun of him for it. I'm just here to tell you, if you happen to be running for president, and you're looking for a vice president that doesn't care about need to know anything, and doesn't mind traveling to world events like funerals, I'm your guy. I'm available. I'm perfectly willing to do that. I don't have a problem with it at all. I'm not going to get involved with your policies. I'm not going to... Just don't die, okay? I mean, if you do die, things are going to be different, because I'm kind of a kind of a, well, my my management style is a bit different than most people's, but as a general rule of thumb, I, I'm perfectly willing to do that. So now we're all up in arms because Joe Biden had classified documents in his office. I think, now this is, this is where I'm going to get the blowback, and I'm already starting to get blowback from people about how I'm a Joe Biden apologist. Somebody on Twitter telling me that the other day. You're a Joe Biden apologist. No, I just recognize vice president for what they really are, which is pretty much useless. Um, ask yourself a simple question. Given what you know about how Obama felt about Joe Biden, I didn't say this. Obama did. Never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to fuck things up. Those aren't my words. Those are Barack Obama's words. Knowing that a vice president really isn't all that involved in things, what kind of classified documents do you think he was allowed to take out of the out of the executive wing of the White House and take to his office? What do you what What do you think those documents are? And when we say they're classified, 
does that really mean that they're top secret nuclear secrets? Or does it mean that they're reports that if they get out might prove embarrassing to somebody in the government? Which is the primary use of classification, by the way. The biggest problem with this whole story isn't that Joe Biden has classified documents. I'm going to tell you something that nobody else is going to tell you in the media. They all have classified documents at home. They all do. I don't care if it's the president, the vice president, secretary of state, secretary of transportation, whatever. But again, what kind of documents are they going to be? But they all have them because they don't give a rat's behind about the security system. They just don't. They are, like Odell Beckham, too important for your rules to slow them down. Is that right? No. Would I do it? No. But I'm telling you, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, is irrelevant to me. They all do it. And I suspect that most of the people who are yelling at me about this would do the same thing in the same position. Because once you get to that point where you're super important and and you you can't be bothered by these painful rules, and believe me, when handling classified material, there are a lot of rules that seem stupid. They do. Until you end up with an Edward Snowden who isn't following the rules and is just carrying a, a thumb drive full of classified information from one side of the room to the other. Oh, and managing to stop along the way and plug that sucker into his computer and download them all. He never should have had he never should have had possession of this thing to begin the, the, the thumb drive to begin with. Ever. He shouldn't have been allowed to do it. But someone's like, oh, it's not important. Rules don't matter. The rules are for thee, not for me. Mainstream media is already telling you, they're already gaslighting you, telling you that there are, there are big differences between the Trump case and the Biden case. But the attorney general yesterday assigned a special investigator because it turns out there's more of these documents. What everybody's missing in all of this, and what stands out to me more than anything else in this, ask yourself, One simple question. When did the government know that Joe Biden had classified material next to his Corvette in the garage? Because when you know the answer to that question, and it's out there, you just have to find it. But when you know the answer to that question, things begin to change a little bit. And here's my theory. This is only a theory. I don't know how realistic it is. I don't know how meaningful it is. But there are a lot of people who believe that Joe Biden is not going to last the four years of his presidency. And now that we are past the two years of his term, The 25th Amendment rules are a little bit different should Kamala Harris decide to be, should she become president and should she decide to rerun for president, she is in the unique position of being eligible to run for two terms in addition to closing out Biden's term. And there are many people and many conspiracy theories who believe that that's going to happen. When you understand that the government knew about Joe Biden's Corvette and their documents 
16 days before they assigned a special investigator to the Mar-a-Lago documents back in uh, November, you start to wonder, why is this coming out now? Why is this happening now? And is it possible that they're just going to use this as a double-edged sword? They're going to use this to come down and say, doggone it, we're serious about this security stuff. President Trump was guilty of it, and we're going to punish him. And President Biden was guilty of it, and we're going to punish him too. And force him to resign. And if he resigns, well, where do we go from there? He said wonderingly. That's the question that I leave you with today. Did you know that that it was... 16 days before they assigned the special prosecutor, the special investigator for Trump. Does that change how you see that a little bit? It certainly did for me. I certainly hope that it would for you as well. Take the time right now. Tell the people that matter in your life you love them very much. You'd miss them if they weren't there, so don't pass up those opportunities. You don't want to have that regret. Plausibly Live, I'm Dave Bowman, and this is my on-demand internet radio show. And we will see you Sunday for WTF with Rod. And I'll tell you more about the the Crestor thing coming up then. See you later, everybody. Have a great day.